We're halfway through the Champions League group stage. We've had some messy magic. Ronaldo's proven he can still make a difference on the big European nights. And the red machines of Bayern Munich and Liverpool have squashed everything in their respective paths. But there are still stories to write and mysteries to solve. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Marco Hare still caring for the next generation of betting writers, with baby daughter Molly already reading up on trends in the Lithuanian third tier. But the professor is back. Trader and betting expert Jason Murphy returns. Jason, let's get into the action straight away. Manchester United's trip to Atalanta on Tuesday. Now, United won the reverse fixture 3-2. They came back from 2-0 down to win that one as Cristiano Ronaldo grabbed a late winner. How do you see this one turning out? United are the slight favourites here, but I guess there's an opportunity if you wanted to look at the match odds market to back either team with a bit of insurance. Yeah, for for me, I've actually I laid United in both home games against Villarreal and Atalanta. I thought the market was too short on them, and as a fan, it was great the results they got in the end. But um, yeah, hard. There were tough beats. I thought that there were the right prices to take in the way the matches played out. That. You know, they're unlucky beats, I think, at the end of it. Uh, but looking at this, the market had United going off 1.7 at Old Trafford. If if you do, you know, just swap home advantage, say, a point eight of a goal, United should be about 2.4 for this game if the market is to hold through. And based on what we've seen in the second half, I don't think the market is right to drift United out to 2.5 for this game. So if you were to back one of the sides to win the match, I'd have a look United at the 2.5. Regardless of the formation if he plays, if he goes with the four-two-three-one that he did in the first game at Old Trafford, obviously it didn't work very well against Liverpool, but it had success to create a rake of chances against Atalanta. And I do, I do buy into the fact that they gave away two sloppy goals against Atalanta in the first half. So if he goes four-two-three-one, I think there's value in it. Or if he sticks with the formation he had against Spurs and goes a little bit tighter away in Bergamo. Possibly then as well, I still think there's value in the 2.5. So if you're looking for a bet, that's that's the only one I'd, I'd look at in this game. Maybe maybe the unders at 2.8 if if he goes with that defensive formation as well. But it was a really good game at Old Trafford. Hope to see similar here. But in terms of United's outright chances, I'll just say, that, you know, the market average was about 10 to 1 across most sports book at the start of the tournament. They're now out to 14 to 1, 16 to 1 with us on the Betfair sports book and 20 to 1 on the exchange with that defence they're not going to win this Champions League so really it's just to get through the group and keep the pressure off Oli and talking about getting through the group the one big value bet I'd give you in this group at the moment is Villarreal they're 6-5 to five with one bookmaker to qualify note that for the Champions League group stages this season away goals do not count in the head-to-head between teams so Villarreal they drew 2-2 at home to Atalanta but those away goals for Atalanta won't count. They have a two-goal better goal difference at the moment than Atalanta. The fact they play young boys next, Villarreal should put three points on the board, whereas a tough game, Atalanta actually have to go away from home to play them. So really, you could see Villarreal going into the last game just needing a draw away to Atalanta to get through the group. So for me, 6-5 to five on Villarreal to qualify is the best bit of value you'll find in the group this week for that, for that group. The data doctor is in. Jake Oskarthorpe joins us once again from InfoGoal. Jake, one of the things that intrigued me about this game, and Jason slightly frightened me by mentioning unders already uh, in this game, but uh, you look at Atalanta's games against the big hitters domestically and in the Champions League, they do tend to have plenty of goals. They don't tend to make 
you know, special plans for the big teams. They just play their way and see what happens. And we've seen that 2-2, as Jason just alluded to with Villarreal, 3-2 against United, they drew 2-2 with Lazio at the weekend. So is goals the way to go here for you? Um, I think it'll be a goal-leading game, yeah, because at the end of the day, these are two good attacking teams, but they're also two very poor defensive teams that are easily gettable. And um, <clears throat> I'm very much in the camp of, of what Jason said, though, in terms of if I'm having a bet in this, I'm back in United. I think that they're a, they're a value bet at the price. I think the 2.5 that is available currently is just too big. And the reason for that is it's very similar to my reasoning when back in United to beat Spurs at the weekend was that when you've got I two how long it be before you mention that <laughs> well I thought I'd just drop that in <laughs> uh, but yeah when, when you've got two teams that are really poor defensively um, taking the team with the best attack and the most explosive attack which I think in this case is Manchester United I know Atalanta in previous years have been ex- you know actually frightening and going forward but they haven't really got clicking just yet to the point of them being frightening. Um, but United have got so many weapons that, I mean, they only played three of them at the weekend, didn't they, from the start and uh, and still managed to, to score three goals away at Spurs. So, yeah, the same arguments we made for me. Um, and just looking at Atalanta, they've conceded in eight of the last nine games uh, in all competitions, including two or more in four of those. And across their Serie A and Champions League matches in that time, they've got 1.6 three expected goals against per game. So there are conceding quite a lot of decent chances. And if you compare that to Tottenham, Tottenham before the United game were allowing 1.75 expected goals against per game. Um, so we're seeing that kind of level of, of defensive fragility from Atalanta. And United, the way in which they attack, um, as Jason said, if they play a 4-2-3-1 and play more on, on the front foot, I fully expect them to score more than Atalanta. To play in the more defensive, um, you know, back five system, which would actually match up with Atlanta quite well, then I would expect them to, to grind out and create the better of the chances in, in what would be a more low scoring game. But for me, United are the better 2.5. Odds compiler and Claudio Ranieri sceptic Mark Stinchcombe is in the team again. <laughs> Stinch, uh, I know you want to take a look at Chelsea's trip to Malmo. Malmo, the whipping boys of the group so far. And Chelsea, as short as 1.21 to take the win. So where's the angle here? Yeah, with Chelsea, we sort of had a staple bet, didn't we, on the podcast of them to win and, and under 3.5 goals on a, on a regular basis. But I think with the addition of Lukaku, not that he's been involved recently, I think they, I think some of the players having to step up a little bit in order to get their opportunity in the first team. And it's kind of, I kind of think it's kind of being reflected in the results that they've been getting, especially of late. I mean, putting seven past Norwich, put four past Mamo in the previous match, and even uh, managed three late on against against Newcastle. So, kind of like even though Tuchel over a long period of time has got uh, since he's been at Chelsea he's got a good record in terms of under three and a half goals I definitely don't think this is the right spot to do it in but then at the same time I don't think you really want to be going and taking the overs when it's just a case of you know they might start um, rotating if the game's so already sewn up so it's kind of like a, a tricky spot really in order to try and pick exactly what fashion Chelsea are going to win in but Generally, if, if we want to side with a team as a sort of, you know, um, a proper gambler, you know, we take them on the Asian handicap. And I, I believe that's the sort of correct route to go in this game. So the, the line's set at, at two. So essentially, you need Chelsea to win by more than two goals for a payout. And if they win by just two goals, 
you get the state returned and it's just it's just trading at just above evens on the on the exchange and yeah i'd say i think that's i think that's the right way to go mama already lost um 4-0 in the reverse fixture obviously lost 4-0 v zenit 3-0 v juve um, if you go back to their last sort of 15 group stage matches back to 2014, they failed to score in 12 of those whilst they've conceded over, they've conceded 47 goals. So over three a game. And, you know, I'm, I uh, sort of follow the, the Allston scan um, because it's quite a good summer league to bet on. Uh, when, when, th- when there isn't a major tournament, for example, and there's kind of, there's kind of a ceiling really about how good Swedish teams can can get to similar similar to Norway to be honest you know as soon as their players get too good for the league they get picked off by by bigger teams so it is really difficult for them to ever probably break through and achieve something uh, better probably similar to Norway as well I think Denmark's a little bit different I think the that's the, the quality of the league is a little bit higher and we see what the likes of Michelin and Copenhagen are able to do in in uh, in, in Europe but uh, yeah, I think the the Swedish league and, and Norway is a is a level below. So yeah, Chelsea minus two uh, around about evens. I think you know they are three points behind Juve in the group, so it's not a case of they're just going to settle for for second. I think there's a big there's a big advantage if you can qualify first in these groups because there are vulnerable teams that are going to come up in second place, like you know Bayern's group for example. You don't want to draw Bayern, but you're probably very happy to get Benfica or Barca for example. So I do really think finishing first is 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 paramount. So there's no I don't think there's any be any case of Chelsea taking their foot off the gas here. So it'd be very important for them to win, and you know what goal difference could could come down to it if they if they only beat Juve one nil. Um, you know, goal difference could could play a part. So yeah, important for them to to win, and, and you know, it's, I don't think it's a difficult game. Jason, is that how you see it as well? A rather comfortable Chelsea win. It's been tough for Malmo so far at this stage. They, they've done well just to get to the group stage, full stop, haven't they? Really? I have, in fairness, and yeah, like the XG, I'll tell you, like they've they've only created one point four XG in their three games today. It's conceded eight point three. So wow. on average, <laughs> you know, they're losing the XG by two point three goals per game. Uh, at Stamford Bridge, they only created zero point zero seven XG. So I agree with what Mark says. Just trying to find a value to get with Chelsea. You're not going to back them in the ninety minutes at that price. Uh, maybe to win to nil, it's about five to six on the Betfair Sportsbook one point eight three. Um, you could look at I, I think the outright is an interesting angle um, top in the group is absolutely massive like avoiding Bayern Munich because you know that's 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 what's happened Chelsea previously um, going back to I think it was the, the postponed tournament I think they had Bayern Munich and they went out over two legs they lost the first leg I think 3-0 at Stamford Bridge um, so avoiding Bayern Munich i.e. by top in the group is really really key Um there were the third third favourites to win the tournament um, before match day one. Uh, they were the average price of about seven to one with most sports books. They're now fifth favourites for the tournament and they've gone out to nine to one. Why has that happened? Bayern Munich and Liverpool have leapfrogged them, and rightly so. We th- we we said their prices were too big at the start of the tournament, and they've rightly shortened. But if you're managing your outright book now, I think Chelsea at nine to one. It's about ten point. It's ten point on the exchange. Is definitely worth a look. 
Um, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, right to shorten. But the likes of PSG, Man United are taking up too much of the market still. And that's where you're getting the value in Chelsea. The only concern, like we say, is they need to top that group. And with Juventus to come to Stamford Bridge with the better goal difference, as Mark has alluded to, um, I think Chelsea can, can definitely top the group. Uh, the last thing I'll, I'll just touch on here is... It's, it's not a value bet, it's the opposite. We always try to keep punters informed to make sure that we steer them in the right direction. It's very, very hard to find value in the Chelsea goal scorers at the moment. Normally, when a top striker goes out, you think you can pick value off somewhere, but it's it's just not happening at the moment. Uh, the main example I'll give you is Jorginho. At the moment, right, he's, he's on a phenomenal run when it comes to taking penalties. He's the first Premier League player to score 10 consecutive penalties that he's taken. He scored penalties in against Malmo in the, in the last game. But the price you get at him, about 15-2 to two for first goal scorer, is just way, 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 way too short at the moment. Chelsea 1.27 to score the first goal. At that 15-2, to two, that's saying that Jorginho scoring about 15% of Chelsea's goals. The only way he does that is if 15% of Chelsea goals are penalties, or 14.9%, because he does not score from open play. Reason being, he never gets ahead of the ball to do that. He's the one that's, you know, the ball's played into him in the centre circle. He's playing it around his shoulder like Pirlo and someone else is running onto it. So for his career, he, he normally only scores about 7-8% of his team's goals when he's on the pitch. So avoid Jorginho if you are tempted. I know with the penalties and they probably will get a penalty and he probably will score but we're all about the value here and he's just too short at the moment and likewise with the likes of Chilwell and Rhys James. Rhys James are top league goal scorer at the moment but there's just not value in them in the first goal scorer market at the moment. It's very, very hard to find um, and there's probably value in Lukaku when he does come back and gets fit if, if the if the markets hold those kind of prices. Just on that point about value, it is uh, Safer Gambling Week. It's a cross-industry initiative to promote safer gambling in the United Kingdom and Ireland. There's more information, by the way, on the homepage at betting.betfair.com. Just look for the Safer Gambling tab. At the top, we also spoke to Betfair's Sam Rosbottom uh, last week about that initiative. Elsewhere on Tuesday, the post-Ronald Koeman era continues at Barcelona. They go to Dinamo Kiev. Barca picked up their first points by beating Dinamo on match day three. Stinch, how's this one going to play out? Because Barcelona, quite a difficult team to predict at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Especially, I mean, I'm always quite wary when a new manager comes in. Um, generally, when a when a manager is sacked, I think we spoke of this spoke about this before. Uh, generally, when a manager is sacked, you see you see an upturn in results. I'm not going to say performance is necessary, but definitely results. But often, the reason managers sacked is because the previous man, the guy before, was suffering some bad luck, and the luck just evens itself out. And you know, still, still to this day, you know, football industry is very driven by results not necessarily performances yeah. and I think because there is so much money involved some some chairman or some directors just they can't they can't justify to the masses to continue down the same process so they feel like they have to make a change almost for the sake of it in a way so um, yeah so it's, I think it's always difficult to um, estimate how how a team how a team is going to perform long term after just after just a couple of games but i have to say this barcelona price of uh you know they're they're 6 to 10 so 1.6 on the sports book i think it's i think it's quite an intriguing bet i mean when i came into the game i was thinking of of unders because uh, barca are missing um aguero um anzu fati is a fitness doubt uh, dembele still injured pedri's injured but then at the same time I'm very 
and I think we mentioned this before when we discussed Zenit a couple of weeks ago, I'm very anti the sort of Russian and, and Ukrainian teams. And you look at Kiev's um, output offensively, and it's abysmal, to be honest. So I, I think it's just basically whether Barcelona can find the back of the net, essentially, to, to win the game. So Kiev have scored zero goals in their three games so far. And no side has averaged fewer shots than them in the competition. They've averaged just 5.7 per game. And their overall expected goals is, is round, it's just, it's just one, basically. And in the reverse fixture, they managed just three shots with an XG totaling just 0.11. So that, that tells you, that tells you an awful lot against a Barcelona team that everyone knows is very vulnerable. So even in, even then, you know, Dinamo weren't able to get at them. And, and actually, I know Barcelona only scored one goal in the competition so far, but across La Liga and the Champions League, they are underachieving by, by seven expected goals this season, which is, which is kind of unheard of. But mainly, you know, that's down to some of the lesser players, such as Luke de Jong. Um, Serginio Dest is playing as a forward and he, <laughs> he keeps missing sitters, which is not doing, not doing him any favours. Probably because he's a fullback and he shouldn't be there, I imagine. True, true. But uh, he actually scored. They, you know, Barcelona played, played this fixture last season. He actually scored from right back. But I guess, you know, sometimes, you know, that the old adage of a defender getting a nosebleed kind of thing. You know, if he's just playing as a defender, it comes naturally to him. Maybe as a striker, it feels like there's a bit more pressure on him. But um, yeah, the reverse fixture here last season, Barcelona actually won. 4-0 with a front three of Martin Brathway, Trincao and Coutinho and I'm not I'm going to suggest that the front three they play on Tuesday is not going to be too dissimilar you know there's going to be Memphis Depay who's probably you know arguably better than all of those uh, potentially Luke De Jong maybe Coutinho will play but yeah I just basically feel De Jong maybe Coutinho will play but yeah, I just basically feel that this is this is a, a case of uh, it made the breakthrough. Um, so I wouldn't put anyone off taking Barcelona on the on the Asian handicap, you know, minus minus three quarters. But the bet I'm going to go with is Barcelona to win and under 4.5 goals at five to six. As I say, I just can't I can't see um, Barcelona absolutely destroying them five or six. I think I don't think anybody would be be suggesting that, but. It's very, very difficult, in my opinion, to see Kiev troubling. I know what is, a, I would say, a vulnerable Barcelona team. But if they can just convert one or two of these chances, I think this would be a comfortable victory for them. And it's also one, you know, that's massively, massively important given the way they've started the group. I still think there's a chance they could finish second. Uh, latest odds, I think, is Benfica slight faves to qualify. I think 8 to 11 Benfica, evens Barca. So that tells you that, you know, that they still have they still have a chance despite their poor poor beginning and yeah I think you know at the end of the day we all know Barcelona's players are better than Kiev's so yeah it's just about how to how to play how to play the the Barcelona odds I think I, you know getting that extra 1.75 goals by taking Barcelona under 4.5 rather than under 2.75 I think we did it earlier in the season when Barcelona hosted Hatafe I think it is the right correct way to go given the limitations of Kiev 
Well, our fantastic multiples offers running every day. Bet £20 on multiples or bet builders and receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. And Stinch has just come up uh, with uh, what seems like a very considered multiple there. Jason, is that the way you would go? It's interesting. You guys talk about sometimes if there's a game that you're not so sure of, but you think it can feed into the bigger picture. I hear Stinch talk about Barcelona's qualifier evens. I guess if you think they're going to have a good result here, is that the way to go? Maybe if you don't, if you're not sure about the individual game itself. Yeah, that's 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 kind of what I'd allude to. As in, rather than having a match bet, you could invest in the group betting, or you can invest in in just the tournament outright. If if that matches up with your opinion, so you know you don't need to back Chelsea against Malmo. You can just back Chelsea in the outright. You don't need to touch Man United Atalanta. You could have a look at Villarreal to qualify. Um, but for this group, I, I wouldn't touch Barcelona at the current price um, in the match or actually to qualify. I fully agree with Stinch and fully expect them to win. But again, it's all about being at the right price. Uh, and three actually opened up to win this game at 1.53, which was, was way too short. The market looks a little bit more right, I think, now at the 1.72, 1.74. Um so really, like I, I would have got an early lay on Barcelona's probably would play that, and we kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago. That if you were to take that opinion of laying Barcelona in every game this season, how would that play out? Given that Messi is gone, and there's been nine games played since we spoke about that, they've only won three of those games. And depending on what your stake amounts, what you're comfortable with, even if you were just risking to win a tenner each game by laying Barcelona in those nine matches, your liability would have been just a little bit over €80, euro, but your returns would have been a little bit over €40, euro, as in you'd be up 50% on your investment already over that nine games. Koeman had to go, and he is gone. That Barcelona team going forward, if they have their best players fit and on the pitch, it's actually a really, really good 11. Um, we, we talk about the players that end in eye, like I know the Best of all, Messi is gone, but you've Fatty, you've Gavi, you've Pedri. Supplementing that, you've De Jong, you've Depoy. Really, really good players. Dest is very, very good. He's he's a right back. Um, he's doing a job at the moment, but when he's in right back, he's a very, very good right back. Uh, so the question is, can they get the manager that ends in I, Zavi, to come in and, and actually get the best out of these players? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but for me, I would have been just looking to lay Barcelona at the early price. At the moment, I think it looks right now, but... It's a massive game for them because I'm not sure of the financial situation this season in terms of prize money, but I remember a couple of years ago, you know, getting to the last 16 was worth more. Getting to the last 16 Champions League was worth more than winning the Europa League, and I imagine that still holds true. So given financial situation at Barcelona, getting out of this group is absolutely massive and doesn't care who the manager is, this should be going to Dynamo Kiev and winning. Um, but at the price, I'd probably just leave it for this week. Juventus having a pretty tough time domestically. Their own coach, Max Allegri, described them as a mid-table team after they lost to Verona at the weekend. They face Zenit. They're 1.6 to get the win. Juve have been going well, actually, in the group stage so far, as the gents have already mentioned in relation uh, to the situation with Chelsea. Stinch, uh, how do you see this one going? Because Juve are a very, very strange team at the moment. Some really lacklustre performances 
at Serie A level, but in the Champions League, they've been okay. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Allegri referring to them as a mid-table team, because I think after they got their first win of the season, he described it as a six relegation six-pointer. So <laughs> I think he's kind of underplaying them a little bit. I mean, they they have been a bit unlucky in the last last few games. You know, they've or you know maybe it's down to game state. You know, they they have won the expected goals count, and and generally, even if it's only marginal. You know they have got the better players, so we would expect them to be able to score lesser chances. Um, they seem to be chasing games a lot at the moment, though, Stinch. You mentioned game state there; they do seem to be chasing in a lot of games. Yeah, I still think they're trying to. You know, Allegri is trying to work out the best formation or the best tactics. You know, when when he had his best success, in my opinion, is when they played three at the back, and I don't think it suits them because I don't think they've got. Uh, a fantastic midfield that they had back then in, in Perlo, Pogba and Marquisio. So I think he's reverting a bit to, a, to more of a four, um, but he's kind of trying to, feels like he's sort of shoehorning in like sort of almost four central midfielders. Sometimes you'll see uh, McKinney out wide, sometimes you see Rabio out wide. And it looks like he's trying to get a bit more control on the game, but I think so far it's, it's not really worked basically. Um, but I think we mentioned it before that, you know, he, he generally is a manager that it's just all about the result, not, not necessarily the, the process. And, you know, in this particular match, I mean, we discussed it at length a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, Juve went off almost six to four in, in the reverse game, um, which I couldn't, couldn't believe it really. I just, was at, you know, we, we talked that that was, that was the bet or, or Juve minus quarter was the bet. Um, so like, and I know, I know they only just scraped the win, but still feel like I'd back, you know, that was one of the sort of, in my opinion, bets of the season so far. It's just absolute huge, huge price. Maybe the Dybala um, absence was, was something that was, was driving that. Um, so they're now one to two. And, and, you know, if six to four was correct, you expect them to be more sort of closer to eight to 11 here. So, you know, I think that just sort of reaffirms that that, that price was massively wrong. Um, no Moise Keane probably, and maybe no Chiesa. He didn't he didn't play uh, against Verona, but as mentioned, Dybala's back. Um, but I, I know Juve have failed to score more than a single goal in the last seven. But again, I firmly believe that there's such a gulf between top European teams and and the Russian and Ukrainian sides that getting Juve on side is is the right way to go. Uh, I don't necessarily firmly believe that their their current odds are a massive or whatever but put it in perspective they played Dinamo Kiev at home last season they're one to three so they're now being one to two I do maybe think that's a little bit of an overreaction and we've already mentioned the group at length like it is it is massively massively important that they pick up pick up three points here so I'm going to go for Juve and under 3.5 goals at evens I mean over two and a half goals is priced up as 50-50 so I've, you know if if it does go under you you still would want to side with Juve in, in a one nil or two nil sort of victory. So I, I think I just again I'm being I'm being a little bit more pragmatic and getting an extra goal on my side whilst getting you know the best team on side in my opinion. So yeah, Juve and under three point five goals. I kind of feel like this is going to be sort of a, a two nil win. Um, worth bearing in mind that since that uh, victory in Zenit, Zenit have won seven one and four one. Uh, against reasonable teams in Spike Moscow and Dinamo Moscow. So Juve will need to be aware. So again, Allegri might come into this a little bit more um, on the back foot, a bit more of a, of a 
trying to get control of the game rather than try and come out and win it in the first half an hour. So again, I think that lends itself to unders. And, I, and yeah, getting that extra goal, I think is paramount. So yeah, Juve in under 3.5. I mean, I know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So Betfair is now offering no cash out suspensions on match odds over under and goal markets on the sports book, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Let's move on to Wednesday's games then. And Jake, what seems like a must-win game for Milan as they take on Porto. Yeah, really interesting game this, given the way the group shaped up, because obviously Milan, they're rock bottom. They've lost three out of three. Porto have won one, drawn one. Uh, they're sat on four points, tied level with Atletico. And, I, you know, I, I could be completely speculating here and it's highly likely I am but given the situation that Milan are in domestically joint top of the table 110 of 11 7 points clear of riding to Milan and the fact that, that it, you know the chances of them actually reaching the Champions League knockout stage at this point are very slim I wouldn't be at all surprised if they just sort of bowed down and bowed out of Europe altogether and just sort of not through the game but but didn't put out a strong team save themselves for the weekend and, and sort of do what Inter Milan did last season, which was prioritise the Serie A title uh, over progressing in the Champions League. Because Inter Milan, they went on to win the title and they they finished fourth in their Champions League groups. So they didn't even have any Europa League commitments. And I think something like, you know, they're, they're, at the minute they're tied top with Napoli and Napoli in the Europa League and it looks like they're going to qualify from their Europa League group. And, you know, if Milan don't have any European football, that could be a real real plus and a positive for them in their title aspirations. So looking at the prices, I would have expected if Milan were playing a full-strength team for them to be around the mark. Um, but given what I've said, and, and like I said, I could be speculating, I could get this completely wrong and Stefano Pioli could play a really full-strength team and, and go to try and win this game and try and salvage something from this European campaign. But you know, looking at Porto, plus 0.5 on the Asian handicap at 1.92, with everything I've said and then you factor in that, that Porto really did deal with Milan's first team really well in the in the reverse fixture I mean Milan created next to nothing in attack which was hugely surprising um, and they also went to Atletico Madrid and, and got a, a draw in that game and actually won the XG battle so a lot of things factored into this bet um, but ultimately I'm, I'm looking at opposing Milan and if they were to move into odds on I would lay in them instead of back in the plus 0.5 but I just think that Porto to get a result in Milan, as everything I've said in terms of Milan, where they are, what they might be thinking in terms of priorities. Um, and Porto, they 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 know Atletico Madrid have got to go to Liverpool. Um, they're going to have to go to Liverpool themselves. But if they can beat Milan um, and, you know, Atletico Madrid fail to win at Liverpool, then Porto would be sat in second going into the final two games of the, uh, of the group stage. And, and they have Atletico to, uh, in Portugal as well, the drag out. Uh, so, you know, it would effectively be in their hands to qualify. So it's a big game for Porto. Milan might look at this and, and not think it's a massive game and, and, and see it as an opportunity to almost, you know, throw their arms up in the air and say, well, at least we did. Uh, but we don't want to be in the Europa League effectively. Pioli's playing this in the dressing room ahead of the game. I'm pretty sure. I he's, hope he's, he's playing it to yeah, regular <laughs> listeners of Pioli, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Jason, you've got a selection from Portugal for us. I find this really intriguing because you've got Sporting, who were outclassed by Ajax and, and were kind of ground out by Borussia Dortmund, but then set-pieces saw them smash Bajiktas. They've got the reverse fixture. Bajiktas are a funny team because they're just... They've got so many players missing and they're defending this season domestically and in Europe has been absolutely appalling. 
Yeah, it's been really, really, really poor Besiktas. But like you said, I have been missing a lot of players. Um, two reasons I want to talk about this game. First of all, I was just to talk about my holidays. I was in Lisbon last <laughs> week and went to <laughs> went to a League Cup game. Um, fantastic stadium. It was only a third full, but the atmosphere in it was still incredible. Uh, so it's going to be tough, tough atmosphere for Besiktas to come to. Um, if you look at the price that Lisbon went off in Turkey. They went off about 11 to 8. So again, if you just swap the home advantage, you're probably thinking maybe about 4 to 6 they should be going off at home. They've actually shortened in quite significantly to about 1.45. Like the most money matched at a price point on the exchange was back in sporting at 1.62. So like it, it has shortened. Why has it shortened? Like Psyktas are missing players. They're missing Joseph and Panic as well from midfield from the first game. But for me, it's just gone a little bit too short. Uh, they didn't play all the regulars last week either, but based on what I've seen there, based on what the game in Turkey, I know a 4-1 result looks impressive, but I don't think it was quite a 4-1 game. Uh, so for me, I just think the market has gone a little bit short in Sporting Lisbon. And again, just to steer punters in the right direction. They are expected to win the game, don't get me wrong, but I'd be reluctant putting that in the Akkas. And if you're on the exchange, probably have a little look at a lay, possibly if it goes any shorter. Dortmund hammered 4-0 at Ajax on match day three, one of the most eye-catching results of the Champions League so far. But Dortmund have been excellent at home. They've won all but one of their competitive games at Signal Iduna Park. Jake, Ajax were held by Heracles at the weekend in the Eredivisie, and they actually played quite a strong team. They did, yeah, um, but it was a clean sheet, and that's something that, that I think that my bet's focused on, really, is just how solid Ajax have looked defensively. I mean, you know, they blew Dortmund out in the reverse game on the whole. While they have, you know, Sebastian Allaire stole the headlines, they don't, barely conceded a goal this season, have Ajax. They're, they, they're conceding less than one XG per game in the in the Champions League and across the Eredivisie. I think they've only conceded once in the group stage through three matches and they needed seven in the Eredivisie through 11. So they, they are very tight at the back and that comes down to shape, system, uh, tactics from Ten Hag and, and, you know, he's one of the best up-and-coming coaches in, in Europe and I just, you know, you look at this Dortmund team and they were really poor in Holland. Um, that was with in Haaland as well. Uh, really struggled to get anything going in attack. They looked really, really vulnerable at the back. And, you know, they, that continued into the week. I know they, they beat um, FC Con 2-0, but they conceded a lot of good chances in that game. And, and I just feel that, that, you know, the bookmakers have priced this up with Dortmund marginal favourites. I think that's right. But I do think that Ajax should be a tad shorter because um, defensively they're, they're really, really good. And they've also, they've already shown that they can handle Dortmund quite comfortably. So, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see Ajax plus naught on the Asian handicap at 2.06, actually odds against for them to, um, you know, in the draw no bet effectively. Um, and yeah, if they continue defending the way they are and a Dortmund team without their main attacking threat, then at the very least I expect them to avoid defeat and, and get me my money back. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them go to Dortmund and put another hammering on them because I do think there is a bit of a gulf in these two teams at the moment. And I think, you know, Leading into the Champions League, not many were giving Ajax too many chances of, of progressing far and doing what they did a couple of years back. But all of a sudden, we're taking note because there's a there's a, a really solid team being built there. Um, and as I said, they've got one of the best coaches, uh, up and coming coaches in Europe, and he'll be a man in demand, I think, this summer, depending on what happens around Europe. And we'll wrap up with Manchester City against Club Brugge, the Belgian champions, 32 on the exchange to win. Uh, Jason, 
we have been generally quite impressed with the Belgian champions actually in this group stage, but they were absolutely shredded by City in the reverse fixture, weren't they? Yeah, I thought they were very, very good against PSG, but um, my God, Man City just tore them apart. First half in particular, uh, I can't remember two or three goals disallowed that it was just the same kind of play and they were just getting in time after time after time and would fully expect the same to happen here. Man City for that game, uh, I think Pep went to his best 11, obviously given the priority of the Champions League. Having lost the game against PSG, he didn't want, you know, he wants to get out of this group as quick as possible. But I think he's worked it now that his best team probably played at the weekend against Palace and he'll want his best team for Man United this weekend in the Derby on Saturday. So we'll see changes. But I know they lost to West Ham last week, but even look at that Man City 11 last week, it's just ridiculous, like the B team that they can put out. Um, so. Have a look if you're going with this. Obviously, you, you know, the 90 minute is just too short of Man City. But if you're looking in the handicaps, I think, yeah, you can absolutely have a look. But for me, the best best angle I probably have for the Champions League uh, match day four is Riyad Mahrez, first goal scorer market, and back him each way on the Betfair Sportsbook at 7-2. Reason being, he didn't start at the weekend, so fully expect him. Well, he's more likely to start this game than some of the others who did start at the weekend. The fact that he's on penalties now, we've seen it happen twice in the Champions League already this season. He's been on the pitch with Kevin De Bruyne. They've got penalties against Leipzig and Brugge and Mahrez has taken both. If you look at his XG numbers in the league this season, when he's on the pitch, he's getting about 30% of Man City's XG. That's that's running really, really high. So we talked about Jorginho earlier and you know Chelsea's price to score the first goal. If you take Man City's price to score the first goal, multiplied by the fact Mahrez is getting 30% of their XG. Anything bigger than 3-1 to one is a bet on Mahrez. So you're getting 72 in the first goal score market. Plus, you're getting a third of the odds on that with the each way. So the each way part, you're getting odds against on them to score any time, whereas any sports book at the moment has them odds on to score in this game. So wait for team news. But if Mahrez starts, I think that's, that's definitely the best bet. Great if he scores the first goal. 72 each way it'll click but if not you're still on value there on the each way part um, like I said because he's, he's odds on to score any time in this game if he's on the pitch Stinch how do you see this one? I'm quite pleased Jason's put up a goal scorer because I've got a goal scorer as well Oh excellent always love a goal scorer a bet Yeah definitely um, I'm I'm going with actually Bruges for, for, for my goal scorer and I really like the look of Hans Vanneken anytime at eight to one yeah. I think eight to one is absolutely oh, it seems like huge to me um, and I think Jason makes a good point that um, with City might have one eye on uh, on the weekend's derby as well and we know that Bruges scored a, a late consolation um, in the reverse fixture and Bruges actually you know they, they, they've got their eyes I would say on getting at least into the Europa League I would say with, with Leipzig struggles so yeah, I don't see them. I don't see them giving up essentially. But um, Vanneken, his his record of of late or over the last sort of two seasons in Champions League is ridiculously impressive. He's got twelve goals in his last twenty two Champions League games, and that includes against Man City, Leipzig, PSG, Lazio twice, and Real Madrid. Uh, he's just sort of crept into the the Belgian squad now as well, which kind of says to me yeah. that you know he's being take he's you know he's being noted by uh, by Martinez that he could figure uh, with the you know with the likes of you know De Bruyne and Lukaku and Hazard as as somebody that can make that step up from the Belgian league. 
you know, for, for Bruges, he's operating in the, the number 10 role just behind the striker in a 4-4-1-1 formation. So emphasis is on him getting into the box. He's averaging three shots per game so far in the Champions League with, with a healthy 2.3 coming inside the penalty area, which for me is always key to see where players are taking their shots from. So it's not just a case of taking pot shots. He's on penalties as well, which, you know, is, is massive when you're, when you're back in a goal scorer. And, you know, City could be a little bit vulnerable after the weekend. And as Jason says, maybe they'll, they will rotate that defence a bit. Maybe Aki will come in, for example. And it's just one clean sheet in the last six in, in the league in Europe. And just to kind of put that sort of eight to one in perspective, I was looking at back in um, Benteke at the weekend um, when, when Palace went there. And he obviously isn't on penalties. And the biggest price available for him was 11 to two. So... To, to get eight to one with somebody on penalties as well, if I was already happy backing an, an offensive player, 11 to two, I'm very happy to go there as well. And maybe just sprinkle a little bit on that uh, two plus at 100 to one. Because we have seen in the Champions League that away teams can cause City problems with scoring goals. Obviously, Nkunku scored a hat-trick. You remember back in the day when Seydou Dumbia used to score every time he went to the Etihad. These sort of, I'm not going to say lesser players because that's not fair, but not world-class players are level below Unheralded City. players. Yes, they are. I think they are capable of going there and, and causing causing a problem. And for them, it's a massive stage, isn't it? Away at the Etihad, inarguably, you know, the best or one of the best teams in the world so yeah Hans Vanneken 8-1 anytime and and you know maybe if he scores and perhaps he'll get a penalty we could see that two plus land a three-figure price lovely stuff uh, now we have a quick podcast treble for you our world famous betting feature each of the guys are going to pick a selection and lovely traders like Jason wrap them up into a boosted treble for us Jason seeing as you've only just returned I'm going to give you first pick on the podcast treble that's very generous um, I'd go with Chelsea to win to nil uh, just purely because Malmo haven't created much only Dino Kiev have created less than them in the Champions League to date Chelsea very solid defensively uh, so Chelsea to win to nil um, at a decent price of 5-6 to six is, is a good one to put in a treble Stinch I'm going to go with you next yeah I, re- I really like that one I think in the reverse fixture it's about 2-5 to five or something like that so getting 5-6 to six just because Chelsea are going to the really difficult hostile Sweden seems uh, seems quite a nice price <laughs> I'm going to go for Juve at one to two just because they were one to three against Kiev last season and as I mentioned before I'm happy to oppose Russian and Ukrainian teams against Europe's elite and Jake what have you got for us um, oh, I'm struggling I was, the, the two that the guys have taken already were the ones I was going to go with so um, I let you pick last so you had the most time to think about it Jake yeah my options kept getting narrower and narrower <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I'll I'll go with a game we've not discussed yet, and that's Sevilla versus Lille, um, under two and a half goals. I don't think it's going to be an entertaining game, that one. Both teams okay. need to win the game, but both teams won't want to lose it as well because they're in a, a very ridiculously tight group. I think Salzburg are top of the group. They're the only team that's actually won a game so far. They've won two games, Lille and Sevilla and Wolfsburg. None of them have won yet. Um, and that's just because of the tight nature of the, of, of, or the close nature of how of the quality of the teams. And I think that they've cancelled each other out once again. 
Well, that's all we have time for on this episode of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of information on our safer gambling section at betting.betfair.com as it is Safer Gambling Week. From Jake, from Stinch, from Jason and from me, it's goodbye for now. 